0: So if you have your Bible, you can turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. As I mentioned last week, um, and as Felicia just mentioned, it is officially our Serve Week rally. Uh, officially Serve Week begins today. Come on, somebody. How many of y'all ready to get out in our community and serve? Uh, so we're going to take uh, one more break from Hebrews, and then we'll get back on it the next three weeks, and I'll wrap it up. Uh, but actually, we're going to start in Hebrews, even though I'll still make a Hebrews. uh We'll, we'll jump off from there. Some a verse that I... I, I um, I shared last week, and then we'll be in 2 Corinthians 9 for the rest of the time. Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verses 24 through 25, and the ESV says this. Let us consider how to stir up. Everybody say stir up. stir up. One another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as the day drawing near. As you see the day drawing near, remember that day, means the day of the coming of the Lord, right? The Lord's second coming. So so if you're not already, I hope to stir you up for serve week this week. Hopefully some of you already signed up and stirred up. You may be signed up, but you're not quite stirred up because you looked at those temperatures next week and you said, man, the gonna be like 102 or 103 or something. Well, I hope that doesn't discourage you. Uh, and by the way, it officially starts today. There's actually two teams going out to uh, nursing homes today. And also you probably saw when you came in, the trucks here, uh, we're doing a blood drive today too. If you want to donate blood, some of you like brother, I hadn't even eaten lunch yet, but if you can, if you are physically able, uh, you know, maybe get an extra cup of coffee. I don't think we got goodies anywhere. They'll have some snacks for you in there. So if you want, you can literally even serve our community on your way out. You can stop and give blood. If you, you'd like if you're physically able to do that, but it officially kicks off today, and I want to stir you up today. See, I'm going to try to do that by showing you the motivation and results of us serving others by giving our finances, time, and effort. Or another way to say it is our time, talent, and treasure, amen? The time we give, everybody has different gifts and talents and abilities, and there's many different ways you can serve. So uh, I'm going to use 2 Corinthians 9. As I mentioned, I felt like the Lord gave me this a couple of weeks ago, and I studied it out this week. And uh, so basically we're reading the whole chapter, 2 Corinthians 9, 1 through 15. Let's read it. It says, it's the Apostle Paul writing a letter to the church in Corinth. He says, I don't really need to write to you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem, for I know how eager you are to help. And I have been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you in Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up, there's that, that that term again, stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. But I am sending these brothers to be sure you are ready, uh, you are really are ready as I have been telling them and that your money is also collected. You, in chapter 8, he talked about sending Titus and some brothers. That's who he's referring to there. I don't want to be wrong in my boasting about you. We would be embarrassed, not to mention your own embarrassment, if some Macedonian believers came with me and found that you weren't ready for all that I told them. So I thought I should send these brothers ahead of me and make sure the gift you promised is ready. But I want it to be a willing gift, not one given grudgingly. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide an increase. Everybody say increase increase your resources, and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two things will result from the ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give God glory. Let me pause before I finish up. You notice twice here. He calls giving, or I'm going to say serving as well, a ministry. Remember that. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given you. Remember that. Thank God for this gift too wonderful for words. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your wonderful, overflowing grace in our lives and Lord, the provision you've made for us in so many ways, help us, Lord, as we begin to serve our community and others in the church this week, Lord, that you would just help us to not only uh, re- continue to receive an increase and walk in that grace, uh, but to be able to bless others that would ultimately glorify you. Help us today to receive this word and apply it to our lives, not only this week, but every day. Help me, Holy Ghost, as I preach it. I need your help. I cannot do this on my own, nor do I want to, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. In this chapter, Paul is encouraging the Corinthian church about sending a financial gift to the believers in Jerusalem. So let me say this. The giving, the word giving continuously in this passage of Scripture, this chapter of Scripture, yes, the context is giving a financial gift, but we give not just our finances. This week when we serve, you're going to be giving of a lot of things, right? Your time, your effort, and yes, in August in Louisiana, you're gonna give a lot of sweat this week, amen? You're gonna give a lot of salt, probably, and other things that come out, you know, what is it, sodium and stuff that comes out of that, right? So our serving is giving. So the context is here, is giving of finances, but the principle remains the same for any kind of giving, right? serving of your time. And that's what I want to look at as Pastor Kelly said recently was one interpretation, but many applications. You could apply this to any kind of giving, not just financially. This kind of giving that he talks about first in chapter 8 of Second Corinthians and now chapter 9 is what the Bible knows as grace giving. That's why I focus at the end. He says this overflowing grace. I'm going to use this chapter to encourage you as Paul encouraged others. Hopefully, not only about you giving financially, but that you will that you will give this week with your time, effort, and talents to serve others in the church and our community. By the way, first and foremost, speaking of financial giving, last month for our mission offering, you gave $4,500 to go towards the cause of Serve Week. Why don't you give yourself a round of applause? So I already know you are a very giving church, both with your time, talents, and treasure. So I want to just stir you up. I feel like the Lord wanted me to stir you up to continue to encourage you of the motivation and why and the results of what happens when we give or when we serve. The Apostle Paul alludes to this, that it's not just money in 2 Corinthians 9.9. 9, when he quotes Psalm 112, verse 9, let's read 2 Corinthians nine. 9 he says, as the Scripture says in Psalms, that's what he's quoting, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Amen? So he alludes to not just giving, but all good deeds, right? Giving financially is, is one way, but our deeds, are serving, our efforts, and whatever we do, prayer, evangelism, Serve wheat, cutting grass, pressure washing, painting, construction, feeding the homeless, giving blood, going to the nursing homes, whatever the case may be. These good deeds, I love that, the Lord will remember forever. So the Corinthians were not accustomed to this graceful giving, so Paul had to explain it to them in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And after explaining this kind of giving that's fueled by God's grace, Paul then tried to motivate them to get involved in this special offering that was going to the Jerusalem. He did this by encouraging them with some results of the kind of giving and serving others brings. So I'm going to do the same thing today. I want to show you a few results of grace Field serving and giving today. Amen? Y'all with me? If you're with me, say I'm with you. All right, good. Number one, serving slash giving will stir up others to do the same. Remember, I'm trying to stir you and encourage you today, but by your actions, like I'm doing it through the word and through my words today, but through your actions, the Bible says you can stir up the Second Corinthians Now, let's read 1 and 2 again. I don't really need to write to you about this ministry of giving to the believers in Jerusalem, for I know how eager you are to help. I've been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you in Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the mess. Uh, macedonian believers to begin giving so he says i i used you to stir them up to give amen see as christians we must not compete with each other in our service for christ but we should consider one another to stir one another to love and good works as hebrews ten twenty four says when we see what god is doing in and through the lives of others it should stir us up to serve him better and to serve others better amen See, a faithful Christian can stir up others in the church and motivate people to pray, work, witness, and give. Remember this, church. Somebody's always watching you. Somebody's always watching you. Other believers in the church, like, and I don't mean just family life, just the body of Christ in general. Yes, in our church, lost people. Right, Whoever people you work with, your children, whoever, somebody's always watching you. And we influence people, whether we know it or not, for good or for bad. Everybody influences somebody. But are we influencing them in the ways of the Lord? to encourage them, to stir them up. See, it's interesting that Paul used the zeal of the Corinthians to challenge the Macedonians, as I just read. But then now he's actually using the Macedonians to try to stir up the Corinthians. He used both of them. Look at it in verses 3 and 5. But I'm sending these brothers to be sure you really are ready, as I've been telling them, and that your money is all collected. I don't want to be wrong in my boasting about you. We would be embarrassed, not to mention your own embarrassment, If some Macedonian believers came with me and found out that you weren't ready after everything I told them or all I told them. So I thought I should send these brothers, Titus and some other guys, ahead of me to make sure the gift you promised is ready. See, a year before, the Corinthians had boasted that they would share in this offering. The Macedonians were stirred. They followed through with their promise. And now Paul was afraid that maybe the Corinthians wouldn't follow through a year later. So now he's using the Macedonians to stir them up again Paul sent these brothers to do so. Far more important than the money itself that that was going to benefit, given was going to benefit, then was the spiritual benefit that would come to the church as they shared in the response to God's grace in their life. And it's the same for us today. Amen? Whether we give it our money, our time, talent, or treasure, right, the benefits spiritually, I'm going to show you later on how the Bible specifies we should serve, we need to meet the needs of others, but ultimately, the goal is spiritual benefit, people getting saved, people getting encouraged, people getting filled with the Holy Ghost, people getting healed, delivered, set free, disciple. right? So they can continue on. People come to know God, live free, find their purpose, and make a difference. See, apparently Paul did not see anything wrong or unspiritual about asking people to promise to give. I didn't get any amens in the first service on that either. He did not tell them how much they had to promise, but he did expect them to keep their promise. Whenever you get a new phone, a new cell phone, most places now, and maybe not, everything changes, but I know you've had in the past, you had to commit and sign a contract to make sure you were going to pay off that phone, right? Right? So if it's acceptable to make financial commitments for things like phones, cars, mortgages, and things like that, shouldn't it be acceptable to make commitments for the work of the Lord? Amen. And that's why we've asked you to commit certain blocks of time this week to serve our community and even other brothers and sisters in the church. The primary goal is to reach out to the community, but we are going to be serving some widows and people that are maybe uh, in our church, our brothers and sisters that need some help as well. So it's both. See, Paul, as I encouraged you with that, as I showed you this, he had no problem having them commit. He didn't tell them how much, but he wanted to encourage them in their commitment to the Lord. Uh he also though was careful uh not to put any pressure on them, right? He says that he wanted their gift to be willing. Second Corinthians nine and five it says, But I want it to be a willing gift, not one given grudgingly. I wish that these these TVs would be willing to keep working behind me. <laughs> See, our greatest encouragement for giving is that it pleases the Lord. But there's nothing wrong with practicing giving and serving that serves stirs up others to do the same. Amen? You do it willingly. Again, remember, you can be a witness to the loss and you can be an encouragement to other believers. Amen? Not that we should advertise what we do as individuals. We know this would violate uh, a basic principle that the Lord Jesus himself gave us in Matthew 6, right? Don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. I know my wife's smiling. Well, that's why we struggle with that. We have a hard time with that, and, and I know it's important, and I'll show you in a minute, but we have a hard time with posting stuff on social media of what we do because I kind of feel like it's that's part of it. I mean, get to it, though. There's nothing wrong with doing it corporately because ultimately God gets the glory. Amen? Paul was writing to the churches, so again, it's not wrong for congregations to announce what they're doing if it's done collectively, amen? Because God's ultimately going to get the glory. And when you look at it that way, like part of maybe putting it on social media is to stir up others to do the same. It's not to say, look at what I'm doing. It's to say, hey, why don't you get out there and do it too, amen? But again, it's, and I'm going to get to motive in a minute. It all depends on the motive, but, right, we want God to get the glory. If our motive is to boast, then we're not practicing grace giving. But if our desire is to serve, others to share, then God's grace can work through us and help others. Amen? Number two, when you serve or give, you will be blessed. You will be blessed. Second Corinthians 9, 6 to 11, let's read it again. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. I love that. It all goes back to even though God blessing you, it goes back to sharing with others. Amen? As the scriptures say, they freely give, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so you can always be generous. You notice that? Let me go back to that. He will provide and increase your resources and then provide a great harvest of generosity in you. See, God increases our resources, and yes, he wants to bless you. But twice in here, it says he increases our resources so we can share or bless others. And just because you have the resources, that do not mean everybody's always generous. He says he'll increase your resources, then increase the generosity within you. You know, I didn't plan on uh, sharing this, but I was reminded in the first service when I was uh, studying, I read something that was, was kind of funny. There was a wealthy Christian man, and he would have daily devotion. It was with his family. And he was praying one morning. He had been praying for the missionaries in his church. And as he prayed for the missionaries in his church, he kept asking the Lord for the Lord to provide for their needs. After he prayed one morning and he said amen, his little boy came up to him and said, Daddy, if I had your checkbook, I could answer your prayers. <laughs> All right, now, sometimes out the mouth of babes, right? <laughs> right? So just because you have the resources doesn't mean you have the generosity. But by God's grace, he's the one to stir up generosity in us. And look, and let me say, God wants to bless you so you can enjoy life too. I believe that wholeheartedly. But we see here part of the overflow and well, all of the overflow, should I say the overflow, is to bless others as well. Amen? To be a blessing to others. Giving is not something we do, church. is something we are. Let me say that again. Giving is not something we do. It's something we are. Giving is a way of life for the Christian who understands the grace of God. But in grace giving, our motive is not to get something. Remember, you're not giving to get. But receiving God's blessings is one of the benefits. You can't deny it. They're in the scripture all through the New Testament. You see it, even Old Testament, Proverbs talks about it, right? Those that that he's quoting Psalms there all through the Bible. It's a kingdom principle. Our motive must be right, but it's a kingdom principle. If by giving us the bless and build us up, we must be careful to follow the principles the Apostle Paul explained in this section. Let's look at those three: the principle of increase. We reap in the measure we sow. That was verse six. This principle needs very little explanation, right? We know in the natural world, the more seeds that a farmer plants, the better chance that farmer has of of bringing in a big harvest, right? In the natural. The investor who puts more money in the bank will certainly collect more dividends, right? It's just, it's part of how it works. The more we invest in the work of the Lord, the more fruit that we receive. You notice I didn't say the more money we receive. The more we invest in the kingdom, the more fruit we receive. The more increase in our lives, part of it, it could be finances, but it's just fruit, right? It's 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 us growing in our walk with the Lord. See, whenever we're tempted to forget this principle, we need to be reminded of how God didn't spare anything in his giving, as we've been talking about for 10 weeks now. Let's go to Romans for that, though. Romans eight thirty two, 32 in the Amplified. He who did not spare... He being God the Father, did not spare even his own son, being Jesus, but gave him up for all of us, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give all us all things? Amen? Grace giving is God's idea. God graciously gave us his son, the Lord Jesus, to die in our place because we were sinners and needed saving, and he said he not only gave us graciously his son, how much more will he graciously give us everything we need? Amen? Right? We must remember that. So second, so first remember, you, uh, you, you gonna, the, of increase to reap in the measure you sow to the principle of intent. Now this is important. This is the main thing. We reap when we sow with the right motives. Verse nine through, uh, seven through nine. See, motive makes absolutely no difference to the farmer in the natural. If he plants good seed and has good weather, he'll reap a harvest whether he is working for profit, pleasure, or pride. It makes no difference even how he plans to spend his money that he earns. The harvest will probably come in anyway, in the natural. But it's different with us as believers. Motive in giving or in anything like serving, because remember that word giving, I'm encompassing serving as well, is vitally important. Our giving must come from the heart and the motive in the heart must be to please God. Not to get likes or loves or whatever on Instagram and Facebook. Not to get recognition. Not to say any of that, but to please, and we'll see in a minute, to glorify God. Amen? We must not be sad givers who give grudgingly or mad givers who give because we have to, but glad givers who cheerfully share what we have because we've experienced the grace of God. Remember, this giving, this serving that we're doing this week is, I I hope I'm stirring you up, and that's part of my job, but I hope you're not just doing this because I'm asking you to. I hope you're doing it because of the grace of God. Because God's grace, he, he's graciously poured out his His forgiveness, his blood, then his spirit upon us, right? And remember, let me, as we're talking about grace, the whole fuel behind this thing is the grace of God, the context here in 2 Corinthians. But remember, grace is undeserved uh, favor, like we're saved by grace through faith. We didn't do anything to deserve forgiveness and salvation, but God graciously poured out his forgiveness on us through Jesus, Right? But remember, grace also empowers us. Through the Holy Spirit, grace helps you to live a holy life and a pure life. Grace helps you not to sin. And grace motivates you to serve and to give in the capacity we're talking about. Amen? See, if you cannot joyfully give, then maybe you don't fully understand God's grace. Sit on that one for a minute. Maybe you don't fully understand or maybe you haven't fully experienced God's grace. It may be because you don't know the Lord. And we'll talk about that in a minute. If we experience and understand the grace of God in our lives, man, we'll we'll be graciously fueled to serve others. Amen? See, God can bless a gift that's given out of a sense of duty, but God cannot bless the giver unless his heart's right. Grace giving means that God blesses the giver as well as the gift, and that giver, that the giver is a blessing to others. Amen? So the third principle is the principle of immediacy. We reap even while we're still serving. That's verses 8 through 11. See, the farmer in the natural has to wait for a harvest to come in, but the believer who practices grace-filled giving and begins to give or serve begins to reap a harvest immediately. Yes, there are long-term benefits for our giving, but there's also immediate blessings. To begin with, we start with God's abundant grace increasing in our life. And then look at this. The universals in this verse are staggering. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God will graciously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Come on, somebody. So you see that the Lord provides for us what we need, but again, we have plenty left over to share with others. This does not mean that God makes every Christian wealthy with material things, but it does mean that the Christian who practices serving and giving in this way always have what he or she needs. Even more so, the grace of God enriches us morally and spiritually so we grow in our Christian character and become more like Christ. Remember, giving was God's idea. Right, as we just saw in Romans, but before that, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he that he gave. And then also serving. What did Jesus Himself say? The Son of Man did not come to this earth to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. He's our ultimate example, right? And he helps us. He supplies. As we sow, God supplies all we need. And there will always be spiritual and material bread for the eating and spiritual and material seed for the sowing. Amen? Look at verse 10 again. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer, then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity within you. If we give according to the principles of grace, it will multiply to the glory of God and meet the needs of many people. It also says in verse 11 that we'll be enriched, in verse 11, and that people will give thanks to God. See, the Christian who's motivated by grace reaps the blessings of personal enrichment in their own life and character. But that enrichment continues on to bless others. It's not that just we can grow and we can increase. We do those things, but it continues on. The greater you're blessed, the more you should want to bless others. The more it should produce the the, the grace and the heart of compassion towards others. Let me pause and say this because I've been thinking about it. I bet you if there's anybody in this room, there was a lot in the first service who just got back from Costa Rica. The team got back last week. And I've seen it on many mission trips. Many people went for their first time. I talked to a couple who's going to Cuba. It's going to be their first time. You go on mission trips just like this week. This is a local mission trip, by the way. We go on foreign mission trips to bless others, but you end up getting blessed. And a lot of it is this. It's spiritual growth. You grow in your faith. You grow. A couple of people grew in their faith. And by the way, uh next week is Mission Sunday so I'm going to have a couple of the people from the team come and share a couple of testimonies about what happened in Costa Rica. Sarah being one of them. She was sharing with me and her sister and another student in, uh Wednesday night in the youth about what happened. And so Sarah, your faith was increased on that trip, right? And so you go to bless others, but you leave there. She said she she was crying when she was leaving because she didn't want to leave the people. She got just as blessed and that's that's what happens. But also, it motivates her. She said, I want to go back to Costa Rica. See, that doesn't just stop with, with tears of emotion. She's motivated to go back and serve again. Amen. That's what, that's what all this is about. See, the final result is glory to God, is, is, is glory to God as others give thanks to Him. God's going to get the glory. We'll look at that in, in, in more in a minute. But Paul was careful to point out that grace filled given does not bring credit to us, but thanks given to God. We are only channels who God works through to meet their needs. Amen. We're conduits. We're channels. I like had an electrician, I, 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 I referenced in the first service and he put his head down and he shook his head like, man, why are you calling me out? But right, just like electrician, right? There's a, there's another one his wife's here too, but I'm not going to say their name just in case, right? And so, but a conduit just carries the wires that the power that the electricity is going through, right? We're just conduits. We're going and serve. We're going. I, I pray, I pray that over you serve teams every Sunday that we would be the hands and feet of Jesus. I pray for myself. You hear me praying at the pulpit. I just want to be the mouthpiece of Jesus. I don't want you to hear me on Sundays. I want you to hear God speaking through me. Amen. So our serving and our giving, we're being used by God and which leads me to number three. Your serving slash giving will meet the needs of others. Second Corinthians nine twelve. So two good things will come out this result of giving or the ministry of giving, I love that, I don't want to pass over that, this is a ministry, the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. People's needs are met, and we'll see in a minute, God is glorified. The emphasis here is on the fact that their offering would meet the needs of the poor believers in Judea. you got to remember, this was the Gentile Christians, the Corinthian church, and they were picking up an offering for the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem, Right? So these Gentile believers could have gave a number of excuses of why they didn't want to give or serve. Maybe they could have said something like, it's not our fault that they had a famine and they're poor. Or the churches closer to Judea ought to give them help. How about we believe in giving, but we think we should first take care of our own people. Maybe they had those thoughts. You know, sadly, I've heard some of that same verbiage today. When I've talked about mission trips, and going on foreign soil, I've heard people tell me personally, man, we, we got a lot of needs here in our own country. Yeah, we do. But Jesus said, go and be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. By the way, he didn't say first in Jerusalem. He said, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. It's to be simultaneous. That's why we haven't served week. That's why a group just went to Costa Rica. Another group's going to Cuba. We went to Mexico. I found out actually just this morning there's another group of brothers that are going to Guatemala in like two weeks. If you're a plumber or electrician, by the way, come talk to me because they need some help. If you can turn that around, I just found out they're going to Guatemala in a couple of weeks to serve. So we have needs here in Acadiana, but there's also needs in all the foreign soil I just mentioned to Iraq and everywhere else. Amen. See, when a Christian starts to think of an excuse not to give, he automatically moves out of the sphere of grace giving. Grace never looks for a reason. It only looks for an opportunity. Let me say that again. Grace never looks for a reason, only an opportunity. If there's a need to be met, the grace-controlled Christian will do what he can to meet it. Now, let me pause. I didn't plan on saying this, but I feel like I should. Now, at the same time, we don't, we don't, especially when it comes to finances, so you know, as you faithfully tithe and give offerings here, we don't just give money to anybody at the same time, right? We also use wisdom in how we help people. We look for true needs. So when I'm saying needs would be met, we look for true needs. And if we see it, deem it a true need, and we, you know, we we help people, right? Some people call and ask for help, and, and it's it's not a true need. I just, quick example, one day when I was an associate pastor, I had a lady call the church, Needing some help. She didn't even come to church. I should have clarified that in the first service. She wasn't a member, didn't come to church here. She said, yeah, I'm looking for help to pay my electric bill. And back then we have a distant, different system now. Back then we would kind of interview them and ask them. And I said, uh, so yeah, so what's going on? Do y'all not have a job? You or your husband? or y'all not working? And she said, oh yeah, my husband got a good job. He works in the oil field. And I'm like, really? But then what's going on, and why are you starting your, your electric bill? She said, oh, because our cable bill was high, uh, too high this month, and so we didn't have enough to pay electric bill. I'm like, I kind of was like, is this a joke? Am I being recorded? Are you, so you're telling me because you got too many cable channels and high internet, you can't pay your electric bill, and you want the church to help you? I was like, no, ma'am, I'm sorry. We will not be able to help you. And she was like, okay, no problem. I was just checking. I was like, really? <laughs> so that's not a true need, okay? That's mismanagement of finances. She needed one word, budget, okay? You need to learn how to work your budget. So I just wanted, as your pastor, I want you to know, we don't. when I talk about looking for a need, don't need a reason, we don't throw money away either. A true need. I'm talking about true needs when people fall into true hard times. And we have. We've helped people that don't come out of church. I'm not saying it to you. All are first priority when people need help. But at the same time, we do our best and we pray and we, we use the sermon. Amen? Look at Galatians 6.10, and this, this sums up what I was just saying. So then... While we as individual believers have the opportunity, let us do good to all people. Everybody say all. All people. Say all people. Okay, just want to make sure you're still paying attention. Not only being helpful, but also doing, watch this, which promotes their spiritual well-being. So even this week, when we're cutting grass, pressure washing, all the ultimate goal, and I want to encourage you, if you're going out there, when you're done cutting somebody's grass or pressure washing, if the owner of the, the place, the business, the school's there, hey, offer to pray with them. Look for an opportunity to preach the gospel to them, to lead them to the Lord. Amen? You may not get in. That's okay. Wait, we bless the place, whatever. That's good. But there's going to be, we're going out with helping hands on Saturday to go give food to the homeless. And I know they pray and they witness the people. Also, we're going to be helping with the uh, the washeteria and, and blessing people that's going to be coming in there. And we're looking for opportunities to pray for people, right? So we want to help them, but also that which promotes spiritual well-being is the ultimate goal. And especially be a blessing to those of the household of faith. Born-again believers is what it said. So I said we're doing both for Serve Week, serving those in our church and in our community. I want to conclude this section by pointing out Paul, the Apostle Paul's concept of abundance as he wrote this letter to the Corinthians. He opened up the letter talking about abundant suffering, suffering, which was matched and followed up with abundant comfort. That's 2 Corinthians 1.5. Then he also mentioned abundant grace, which this is all about here, right? 2 Corinthians 4.15. Listen. Y'all, God don't just give a little bit of grace. He don't just give a little bit of anything. It's abundant. The God that we serve, he says, I'll do exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond what you can ask or anything. The Bible talks about greater grace, abundant grace, and then abundant joy, 2 Corinthians 8, 2. Because of God's abundant grace, we can always be abundant in our giving of our time, talent, and treasure regardless of what it is. Amen. Remember, he graciously gave his all through his son and so much more. How many of you would say, you know what? I know I say that. I've said it before up here. If God just saved me and that was it, that's still way more than I ever deserved. But yet he has poured out on me so many blessings exceedingly and abundantly. Four of them are sitting on that front row right now. And the fifth one, my son was at the first service. Amen. And a great church to be a part of. And, you know, again, by the way, someone just blessed me with something in the church that I wasn't expecting. So, you know what, if that's you, thank you and all glory to God. I'll just leave it at that. Amen? So way more he does. But remember, it's not just for us. Let me remind you. He pours out an abundance on us, an overflow, so we can serve and share with others. Amen? Fourth and final thing, your serving and giving will glorify God. This is the most important one, by the way. The motivation and the most important thing about us serving today, this week, should be to glorify God. Amen? 2 Corinthians 9.13. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. The greatest thing about the church serving and giving together is that no individual gets the glory that belongs to God. That's why it's awesome when we do it as a church. We're doing it corporally. Family Life Church is having a serve week. Amen? So no one person gets the glory. Because all the glory belongs to God anyway. This is what our Lord Jesus said in Matthew five sixteen. He said, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works. And what? Glorify your Father who is in heaven. When we do good works, good deeds, when we serve others, when we help others, it's letting our light shine. So that God would be glorified. So they will glorify your Father in heaven. If people try to give you the glory, deflect that real quick to God. Amen? All glory be unto God. Amen? We also desire to serve people. We must always desire to serve a people in a way that's going to give God the most glory. And again, we're doing this to glorify God in maybe uh, less spiritual ways. We know praying, worshiping, witnessing, all these things are the spiritual things we do. Fasting, that stuff glorifies God. But these are the practical things. As Jesus said, let your light shine many different ways, but your good deeds, that's things you do. It's not just prayers you pray. Jesus and Paul's alluding to things that we do so people could see. Like, man, you you know, again, on a mission trip, I can I, I remember like we we would pay, we still do, people just went, we would pay to go on foreign mission trips, these third world countries and, and to serve them. And they were blown away. I remember one day, Pastor James, i never forget this. We were picking up trash. That's a big a big open door. We just walk down the street. They throw their trash on the ground. We literally give out candy. They open it and throw it right there in front of their door. So there's trash littered on the streets. So we're walking down with trash uh, bags, and we're picking up trash, and we're putting it in, in the bags. And one lady asked Pastor James, how much are they paying y'all to pick up this trash? And he said, oh, man, they're paying us really good, like really, really good. He said, when I get to heaven... He said, the reward I'm going to get for this is going to be beyond what I can count. And he began to witness to her and share the gospel with her. Amen? Doing that glorified. They can't believe that we would pay money fly away from America to pick up trash in their streets. But that's, remember, the spiritual well-being. That led into witnessing to this lady and praying for her. Amen? See, no amount of evangelistic zeal or worship activity can compensate for a loss of opportunities in serving others and meeting their practical needs. Now, we shouldn't choose one or the other. It shouldn't be like, well, brother, I'm more of a worshiper and pray. And another people are like, yeah, I'm more get out there and serve and help people. It should be both. We shouldn't choose. There's got to be a balance. Jesus says let our light shine is both. we got to love on people, serve them, help them. Yes, pray for them. And eventually, yes, present the gospel to them. we got to clearly present the gospel as well. So, But this is how we let our lights brightly shine consistently. It's been said that it's difficult to preach the gospel to a physically hungry man. Amen? If you're going to preach the gospel to someone hungry like they do first Saturday every month, like we're going to do Saturday, let's go bring them some food first. Isn't that what Jesus did? Jesus met their physical needs, and then he preached the gospel to them in love. He preached the truth to them, right? But he saw where they were at, and he met their needs. Wouldn't it be great if the people in our community would say something like, man, those people from family life not only preach the gospel, but they practice it. Amen. I hope that's what the community says about us. And I believe I've heard rumblings of that. And I do believe that we have a good witness in our in our neighborhood. But come on, it can always get better. Amen. We could always continue to shine a light. Not for family life. Remember, I'm quickly directing, redirecting that glory, but to the glory of God. If they say, hey, family life's doing that, I hope they understand because family life is a church of born-again spirit-filled believers. And we're doing this because our motivation is the love and compassion of Christ that's fueled by the grace of God. So in closing, I hope that this did challenge you to live a life, not just serve week. This is about beyond serve week, but to live a life of serving and giving that's fueled by the grace of God. Remember the second part of verse 13 says, when we live this kind of life, it proves that we are obedient to the gospel of the Lord Jesus. We can say we believe and are living the gospel. But we're doing it, right? I I love the saying. I heard somebody say, actions speak louder than bumper stickers. Amen? Let's get out there and live out our faith. Live out the gospel. Yes, we want to present it. I hope that you lead people to Christ this, this week. That'd be great. I hope you get to pray for people, love on people. Amen? But come on, let's live it out in everything we do. Remember, when we give our time, talent, and treasure like this, like I've been talking about, it will stir up other believers to do the same you will be blessed, again, with an overflow so you can continue to bless others. You will meet the need of others, and you will glorify God. Amen? God will be glorified through it all. Well, As I'm talking about the gospel, as the worship team comes up, I'm going to go back to Romans 8, 32. It says, he who did not spare, even his son, he being God the Father, didn't spare his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, but gave him up for all of us. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give, us all things he gave his son in our place to die for us because the bible says in romans that we've all sinned and fall short of god's glorious standard and the wages of sin is death but the free gift a grace gift the most gracious gift that was ever given was eternal life through christ jesus you know i heard about a young man that committed suicide just last week I don't know his exact age, but just know the family and his position in the family. And I just, it just makes me wonder, I don't know, I don't know him personally, I don't even know his name actually, but I just wonder where he's at in eternity. I just hope that he was right with the Lord. He don't have a chance anymore if he wasn't right. I hope he was. You still have a chance. you watching that online. If your last day, you know, we living in the last days, what if this was your last day? Where would you spend eternity? Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? Again, just out of reverence for the Lord. I want you to focus on him, not on me right now. Where would you spend eternity? I made it clear last week, I read a few scriptures about judgment and eternal destruction, eternally separated from God. That's the consequence of rejecting the gospel, rejecting the good news, rejecting Christ. But you could accept him this morning by repenting of your sins, turning to him and surrendering your life to him. If you say, Brandon, man, I'm not sure if I was that young man and I was, I was slipped over into eternity, where I would be, but I do not want to make sure, even if you're watching online, would you just slip up your hand? Just say, man, that's me, Brandon. I need, I need to get right with God. I need to give my life to Christ. If that's you, let me see you, who you are. Over here, ma'am, I see your hand. Anybody else? Say, that's me over here to my right. I see your hand. Maybe you're, you've, you've once walked with the Lord. Amen. I see you over here. Maybe you've once walked with the Lord. I see you in the, in the middle right here. I see your hands. But you've walked away, and you say, man, I, I need to come back to Jesus. Just as I pray for souls to be saved every morning, I'm praying for you, prodigal sons and daughters. You say, that's me. I'm a prodigal. I need to come back home today. I need to come back home. Sir, I see you. Anybody else? Now, the Bible says if we believe in our heart, that word believe is faith, is trust, and confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord, and that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Can, can we pray in faith for those of you that raise your hand and the rest of us as a family Lord Jesus thank you for loving me thank you for coming to this earth to serve and to give your life as a ransom for me Lord I know that I've sinned I repent of my sin I turn to you and I surrender my life to you Lord would you give me the grace And fill me with your spirit so that I can serve you and serve others that would glorify you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Come on, can we give God glory and rejoice with these? Celebrate this morning. If you made that professional faith, remember faith, it's not the prayer that saves you. It's your faith and your declaration. The journey just begins now. You know, 5th Sunday, we don't have Next Steps today, but we have Next Steps next week. Jump into Next Steps. Check out our live groups online. Get involved in Man Cave and Thrive Nights. First, first Wednesday of every month starting in September so we can walk with you. Hey, would you stand up? Fill out the connection card in the pew, on the chair. I mean, bring it to the info, info center. Hey, don't leave. Let me pray a blessing. Come on. Hey, let's pray. I want to send you out today. Amen. Come on, as we start serve week this afternoon and this week, I want to send you out. How many of you want to be used by the Lord? Hands and feet of Jesus. said, man, I want to serve with grace, grace-fueled serving. Come on, let's, let's all hit, lift our hands and ask the Lord to help us this week. Father, we want you to be glorified. Lord, this week, Lord, this afternoon, as some go to the nursing home or give blood, and this week, and whatever we're doing, pressure washing, cutting grass, Lord, feeding the homeless, Lord, goodie bags, Lord God, for, for, for the teachers at LPCC deputies, and everything in between, Lord, we just ask, Lord God, that your grace would increase our li- in our lives. Your grace would fuel this kind of serving and giving every day. May a great anointing be poured out upon us as we serve, not only today and this week, but every day of our life. You set the Lord Jesus, you didn't come to this earth to be served, but to serve others and give your life as a ransom. May we always serve others. And Father, may we always give you the glory. May you be glorified through it. May souls get saved. People get ministered to this week. Give us opportunities and open doors to walk through, to pray for people, to witness to people, to love on them, Lord God. To help them, Lord God, that you would be magnified and glorified. Lord, help us to do that even Wednesday night in Jesus' name. Instead of coming here and meeting here, Lord, help us to be the church. Since we're not going to be quote, having church, may we go out and be the church. Not only on Wednesday because there's no service, but Father, every day. Today at the restaurant, tomorrow at work, when we go back to school and whatever we do, God help us to be The light that shines, that glorifies our Father in heaven, as you called us to do, Lord Jesus. May you bless these and anoint them as they go today. Give them favor, influence, increase our influence, Lord, in our community. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen and amen. Well, God bless you. Remember, no services Wednesday night. The youth are meeting, but they're putting together goodie bags for teachers, so there's no services on campus. Go find somebody to serve. Sign up online. Have a great week. We look forward to hear what the Lord's doing love you, bless you. If you need prayer for anything, come on up here. We'll pray for you. Have a great day.